You're listening to Drumming for Justice with Flood the Drummer. Hello everybody, I'm Flood the Drummer, and thanks for making time to listen to Drumming for Justice. It's Tuesday, June 17th. On the 12th of July, just minutes before 11 p.m., 37-year-old real estate developer Sean Skellinger was stabbed once in the back by 20-year-old black student and poet Michael White. It is believed by some in the community that Mr. White last week acted in self-defense when confronted by at least two white men who appeared intoxicated. Until today, it was thought that no video footage of this incident existed. But the DA's office revealed to me that they have obtained cell phone footage and they are currently searching for the content creator and the witnesses who were seen standing near the scene of the crime. This story has begun to divide people across racial and class lines. Mr. White's family spokesman has said a claim of self-defense is likely and Mr. White's supporters, though not having seen the video, believe the 20-year-old with no violent past was the victim of ethnic intimidation. Some even say this story again exposes two systems of justice, one for citizens and the other for cops. Mr. White turned himself into police on Saturday and was arrested and charged with murder and possession of an instrument of crime. No bail was set. However, Mr. Ryan Pownow, a former white Philadelphia police officer who on June 8th of last year shot and killed 30-year-old Mr. David Jones as he fled, was fired from his job, and a criminal investigation by the DA's office is ongoing while Mr. Pownow is free to roam the streets. Joining me to discuss the fatal stabbing and the apparent two systems of justice is shock jock Ike Raw, founder of the Justice for David Jones Coalition. Good afternoon, Ike Raw. Welcome back to Drumming for Justice. Yo, good afternoon. What up, Flood? How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. So, so you joined me to discuss the fatal stabbing in Rittenhouse Square and the apparent two systems of justice. We'll get to the latter part in just a bit. But let's just establish a set of facts that we can agree upon and a timeline for our listeners. Uh, I gave them a brief timeline during the intro, but, but let's just kind of recap that. Uh, and then we can kind of go into the nuance. And, and so this is also a very, a fairly, a story that's at its very uh, uh, embryonic stages. It's a very new uh, story. It, it hasn't even been a week since this stabbing occurred. So a lot of things are, are still coming out. We're learning more and more. But but what we can agree upon, the facts that we know, is is that on Thursday, July 12th, at 17th and Chancellor Street in Rittenhouse Square, uh, there was an altercation that occurred between a 20-year-old male on a bicycle who was apparently delivering food and a 37-year-old real estate agent named Sean Skellinger. Uh, and, of course, the gentleman on the bike name is Michael White. Uh, there's very few details uh, known uh, about what led to the altercation. We know that there was a traffic jam of some sort uh, on that street or a car that was parked on the corner. 
Uh, Mr. Uh, Skellinger was said to have gotten out of his car to direct traffic. I'm not sure where that uh, that may have came from, I guess, of the account of, of the driver of the car. Mr. Skellinger, of course, was a passenger. Uh, they got out the car, tried to direct traffic. Mr. White ro- rode down the street in his bike. We don't know exactly what stopped, what, what prompted Mr. White to stop um, and, and engage uh, these two uh, gentlemen or, or the one gentleman. But he was on his bike. If there was some traffic there, um, it would seem as if he could keep riding by. So something stopped him. Uh, and, and he got off his bike and engaged these gentlemen. We do not know what happened. An altercation occurred. It apparently escalated. Uh, it is said by uh, Mr. Larry White, who is Michael White's cousin, that Sean, uh, Sean Skellinger, who was a former football player, tackled the 20-year-old. And the 20-year-old responded in self-defense by stabbing him once in the back. That was on Thursday night. By Saturday, uh, uh, he had turned himself in to police uh, through a safe surrender program. Uh, He was accompanied by clergymen, including Bishop Ernest McNear. Uh, By Sunday, the public knew that the gentleman had been arraigned and was charged with murder and possession of an instrument of crime. Later Sunday evening, there was a vigil held on the 2100 block of Ellsworth Street for Skull and Skellinger. And there were also across town, people were meeting with Michael White's family. Now, today... Uh, uh, July 17th, we know there is a video uh, of this incident that has occurred, uh, that, that is, I should say, that existed. It has not been made public. I talked to the DA's office. They don't know if they're going to make uh, that, that video public, but I'm sure there's public interest in wanting to see that. So far, those are the facts that, that we can agree upon, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Why does this story spark your interest? What is it about it? Because you were there on Sunday at the the vigil, although you stood on the outside of the gates, uh, you have not been shy uh, and how you feel uh, about the narrative surrounding this case. So what was it that, that attracted you to this? Well, first of all, I happened to, you know, just be watching the news when the incident happened Thursday night. And uh, to be honest with you, when they put the picture of Mr. Schellinger up, uh, the first thought when I, when I looked at his face, I just looked at his eyes. I just looked at him and I, I automatically thought, you know, it's more to the story. I thought, you know, why would someone stab him? I thought I thought he looked like someone who would be uh, kind of like able to defend himself, kind of like, you know, he's not, you know, wouldn't be a victim. So, you know, my antennas went I, up. I just, said, well, you know. Just to be clear, you're saying that because he was a built guy? No, no, I didn't, I didn't see. I'm talking about just looking at his eyes. I didn't see his body or anything. I'm talking about looking at his face because all he put up first was like a, a headshot. Okay. Well, like, you know, right. So I'm looking at his eyes. I'm looking at his eyes. I'm looking at, you know. No, just just his facial structure and everything like that. I'm I'm big on that, you know. Just you know, looking at the person's eyes, and I just felt, you know, something was telling me, you know, something. You, you know, when you hear stabbing in the city, you thinking, okay, who's stabbing somebody in the city? You thinking the vagrant, you know, the homeless person got into something with somebody, you know, the first thing you're thinking. So you know, when the story broke, black male on a bike, I said, okay, they say he's delivering food, you know. But then when the story, you know, came out, you start hearing more and more about, you know, what led up to the situation where. In the beginning, they were trying to say Mr. Schellinger got out directing traffic. And, you know, I said to myself, first of all, wait a minute, directing traffic. So if he's getting out directing traffic. So obviously he's telling some other vehicles or some pedestrian or someone, you know, to go away or do something, you know, but you're directing traffic. So Mr. White, Michael White, what I'm thinking is coming through on his bicycle. And, you know, if the traffic is blocked, then obviously he couldn't get through himself. And that's when he encountered these three men. So, you know, what they're saying is that, 
he got into an altercation with, you know, Mr. Selinger. And just like his cousin said, you know, this is what his cousin is saying, that he tackled Mr. White, tackled him. And then, you know, ultimately he got stabbed. So my thing is the media, you know, tried to portray, you know, Mr. Selinger as, you know, some white man who got out of his vehicle to uh, direct traffic and was ultimately attacked by a black man, you know, from his back. That was the story, you know, Thursday night. That's how they put it out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Friday when it comes, you know, turn to self in. Hey, Saturday. you know, turn Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. I'm sorry, Saturday turned to self in and said, hey, well, you know, I was attacked. You know, they attacked me. Allegedly, you know, they were saying he was spat on, you know, by Mr. Schellinger and everything right, like that. Clear, he was called- just to be clear, I, when he, also when he turned himself in from what we know from the police uh, and, and, and sources, when he turned himself in on Saturday, he said nothing. So although he didn't have a lawyer, he never spoke to police uh, and he hadn't really said a word other than when he went before a reign and for a magistrate judge. So he has, from what I understand, he hasn't even begun to claim self-defense. It's the family spokesman who's saying that this was likely self-defense. What I was saying with the cousin, what the cousin was saying, what the cousin told him. That's what I was saying. Uh, Larry, I think his name is Larry. Larry White's the cousin and Greg Thompson is the family spokesman. Larry White is the one that said that his cousin said he was spat on and Correct. he was called racial slurs, right? And that right. Mr. Selinger tackled him. So, well, I, gonna, I haven't gonna... seen anything about racial slurs. I've just seen the spitting. I haven't seen anything in reporting about racial slurs. Yeah, I heard that. We, we can do research, but that, it was said as well. That was said as well. Okay. And, and I said at my point in time, you know, what would I do in that situation? I have three, you know, white men, you know, in front of me. I'm, I'm, he's working. He's delivering. He's a delivery man. He's delivering food. He don't want no trouble. You understand what I mean? So if he was tackled, like the cousin is saying, and you know, he tackled him, what is he supposed to do? You're you're tackling me. You have two friends with you. What are they going to do mm-hmm. at that point in time? What's I supposed to do? Yeah. No, I mean, I I, I get that point. And I think, you know, a reasonable person would say, okay, I'm in an alleyway. Because even though it's 17th and Chancellor Street, Chancellor Street is more of a very dark alleyway. Um, right. It's a very thin street. Um and- that's what we need to make people aware of too, uh, Flood, because you see the media, it, it just says Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse. When people think Rittenhouse, you think, oh, Rittenhouse, lovely, lit up place, you know. So, no, but we're talking about the street actually where we're having that. And Flood can tell you more about, you know, how the street looks and everything like that than I could. Yeah, it's a very dark street. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's a one block long radius between 18th Street and 17th Street between Walnut and um, uh, Locust. Uh, yeah, Locust. And the 18th Street side uh, enters towards Rittenhouse Square Park, and the 17th Street side enters in, into 17th Street and in, in a construction uh, a construction site. Uh, it's sandwiched in between a new restaurant uh, called Spice Finch and a store, and I'm not quite sure what that store sells. And I went down there Monday night to visit uh, just to see where the cameras are and, and, and see if there were any street cameras. And unfortunately, where the incident occurred, which was at the corner of 17th and Chancellor, all of the cameras are either pointing towards the entrances of doors or kind of straight down uh, at, at the street. There's no cameras that, that we that, that I was able to, to, to see that actually face towards uh, the incident, which is which is why the news today uh, that 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 I broke that the video is in existence is actually kind of a, a bright spot for people, I, I guess, who are, are siding with Mr. Uh, why, and I guess even for family members who want to have some closure and understand what happened, again, the video hasn't been made public, but the fact that there is a video, the fact that we know the DA's office is currently investigating it, that does give some hope, does it not? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all would like to, you know, like I said from the beginning, you know, how could this young man be charged with murder? You know, and we said, well, what happened? The DA office obviously has some evidence that's saying they feel confident enough to charge Mr. White with murder. Mm-hmm. And as you said today, you broke the story of, yes, the DA does have a video, you know, of the incident. So, yes, we would like to see the video. We would like to see what happened. You know, did Michael White, you know, defend himself? Was Michael White the aggressor? You know, was Mr. Schellinger the aggressor? We have questions that need to be answered. You, you know what I'm saying? Now, why do you think that people, and yourself included, uh, were, were willing to side with Mr. White before seeing the video? Because uh, when the story broke, as many people know, uh, the first thing that happened when they said Mr. Schellinger is a real estate developer, prominent, you know, figure in Philadelphia, stuff like that. Never once was anything mentioned about his criminal record, mm. his criminal past, or anything like that. You know what I mean? Michael White was made to be a black man. You know, black man stabbed a white man in the back. What is everybody going to think? Some thug, some criminal? No, he's not. He's a 20-year-old college. He started a GoFundMe flood to raise money to go to college. He's in college. He's on leave from college here in Philadelphia with his family. Unfortunately, this incident happened to this man. He's been sitting in prison since Saturday. Mm-hmm. Since Saturday, sitting in prison with no bell taken away from his family. I know how that feels and for things that I, that I have done myself. So I understand for someone who feels as though I shouldn't be in this situation, I know what he's going through right now. You understand what I'm saying? So, But I guess it was, I guess to the point, I guess you were trying to get to is that you learned that Mr. Skellinger was the one who had a criminal record. Is that what informs your decision to sign? You've seen in the past that this real estate agent had been aggressive? Exactly, exactly. That too. I mean, that had, I'm, not, I'm not just going to say his criminal record, say, well, you know what? Yeah, he's wrong. He attacked Mr. White. I mean, there's more to it. When you think about, you know, the way the media was trying to portray it just to fix it up or he was directing traffic. No. Why are you getting out of your car? You know, you're saying you're directing traffic. Allegedly, I'm saying allegedly again, the people are saying that the men were intoxicated. You have one gentleman who was with Mr. Schellinger. Now, if my friend just was stabbed, I'm not going to run away from the scene. Mm. I'm going to stay there and talk to the authorities, talk to whoever I need to talk to. to let so us so know let's, stop, let's stop there because that's, fa- that's another fact that we didn't introduce at the beginning. So I want to make clear that people understand. So there were three people apparently in this Mercedes Benz that had rolled up on to 17th and Chancellor. Mr. Skellinger was not driving. He was a passenger. Uh, three men in total were in that car. Uh, it is believed that all three exited at some point. Uh, I believe some are reporting that only one exited the car, but it's believed that all three exited. One of those three fled, correct? And the two yes. and the two stood by. Now it's not clear whether the gentleman fled before or after the stabbing, but not all three men were there once the incident died down. Exactly. And you're saying if everything was on the up and up, why'd he run? Exactly. Well, what if I mean, he was just... afraid? What if he was in shock? I mean, what if you're in shock? You still once you're in shock and you find out what happened with your friend, let your family know. Hey, we were just out. Sean got stabbed. Oh my God! I'm, you know, your family's gonna say, "Okay, no problem. You guys didn't do anything wrong. Let's go to the authorities." The, as of as of yesterday, flood. The authorities are still looking for this man mm-hmm. to, to question him. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm just saying we gotta we gotta discuss everything. Meanwhile, we have a 20 year old so black to you, man. That's suspicious that this guy is on the run. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't it be? I mean, just look at it on the other foot. If it was three black men. And a white and a, and a white man ended up a white man ended up dead, right? Mm-hmm. And it was three black men. She on the other foot. It would be all points bulletin. You would have black pictures on the news. We're looking for this man. We need to quit. Like, come on, fly. Mm. So, so you bought this up. So let's go there. This is about race too, right? This story. It's about. It's at the intersection of race and class. Do you think that because of the narrative of a, 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 a you know a working class poor 
you know, poor, you know, a boy uh, who had to raise his money to go to college. And there's this, you know, prominent real estate developer traveling in a Benz that that black people hear this narrative, yourself included, and are just more willing to side with the black person because of history, because of context. Hey, that plays a part of it, too, as okay. well. Me, myself, right, I don't like to just jump on the side of history and say, okay, you know, he's black, we've been going through this a lot. You know, because right. sometimes, let's, let's be real, some black people be out of pocket, we do wrong shit as well. You know what I'm saying? Just because we black and we've been through shit don't mean we're not in the wrong. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, just dissect what happened here. We're talking about what happened here. Just take it step by step and go through everything that happened. It's not adding up. It's not. It's, it's just not. What do you I think mean, happened that night? What I think happened was Mr. White was going on his way to make his delivery, and he encountered Mr. Schellinger already out his car, you know, being obnoxious in the street, saying whatever he was saying to was probably someone else. Mm. And Mr. White was trying to get where he was going and encountered them. He said, well, where are you going? Well, I'm going to mind my business. Excuse me. I'm trying to get whatever happened. You know, I'm trying to right. get away from you guys. Oh, now here come his other friends out the vehicle. Why are these guys getting out the vehicle? You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So point in time, Mr. Mike, Mr. White is in a, you know, in a, in a position where either it's him or it's them. So, so what do you do? Tempers are flaring. These guys allegedly, like I said, again, allegedly were intoxicated. You understand what I'm saying? So we all know we, when you're intoxicated, you know, you, you're a little more rambunctious. You're a little more easier to, you know, throw a punch or two or say some things that you might won't say when you're sober. Mm -hmm. And you got way all that in, you know, at the end of the day. So, and like I said before, the man has a history of being violent. The man has a criminal history. I mean, we got to talk about that. She was on the foot. That's the first thing they would have said about Mr. Michael White. Yeah. They were, they were so let's, talk, they were let's talk about that for a second. Mr. Skellinger, who uh, co-founded a company, Streamline Solutions, uh, he was the CEO. In 2001, he was charged in Chester County with burglary, resisting arrest, criminal trespassing, and theft. And in 2009, again in Chester County, Mr. Skellinger was found guilty of disorderly conduct. There was another case, but that had been since abandoned and dropped. So these are this is this is part of what informs your decision to to say because some have seized on uh, Mr. Skellinger's criminal past to, to to kind of confirm that he was the aggressor. They say you have this twenty year old kid who was a poet and was a pillar of his community and, and was going to school, uh, was working hard, delivering food, and this he didn't just randomly stab somebody for no reason. There had to have been extenuating circumstances. He had to be provoked. That that's where you stand, right? Absolutely. I mean, he wasn't one of these guys where I mean, you see social media, it's, it's, you know, people who know his family, his family saying things like, you know, I, they said, I, I just can't believe this. I, I know that, you know, Mike, that everyone is saying the same thing. You know what I mean? I'm not, why am I going to say everyone, but everyone who's in the corner of Mr. White that know Mr. White knows his family, they're saying he wasn't this guy. He didn't wake up and said, I'm going to go rob somebody. I'm going to put this knife in my backpack and rob somebody. Mm. He went to work. I was at work. I'm making a delivery. My intentions wasn't to go out and inflict harm on Sean Salinger. My, my 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 thing was going to go make this delivery and make money to take care of my college fund and everything like that. Yeah. So now again, Larry White, the cousin said, uh, uh, Mr. White felt that he was being racially targeted by these individuals, um, and I guess that's the the racial piece that people may have picked up on and said was a slur. Uh, but right. but in the media, there's no indication that he was called a nigger or any other uh, word racial slur, but that he just felt that he was being targeted maybe bullied, maybe confronted by three white men and a black kid based on just racial animosity. Um, and, 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 and Mr. White, uh, the cousin, goes on to say that once he was spat upon, it was a difficult situation for my cousin to walk away from. I seized on this yesterday because I said, you know, it may have been a difficult situation for him to walk away from, but it wasn't an, an impossible 
situation to walk away from. And I'm putting myself in his shoes as somebody who rides the bike across Center City all the time. If I'm riding down a dark alleyway and I and I run into three big or uh, at least, you know, uh, healthy looking white men who appear intoxicated, um, do, or do I want to really confront them simply because I have a weapon on my back? Or do I just want to make a U-turn and ride off and live to see another day? So while I understand it may have been a difficult situation for Mr. White to walk away from, I wonder, was it possible or was it a, was it a, a circumstance that made it impossible for him to walk away from? That, that's what I want to get to. And that's why I think the video, seeing this video and what it shows in another video, I think is really, really important uh, for the discourse and, and for also just to kind of clarify any kind of innuendo. Right. And that's what I said earlier. We need to see the video because at the end of the day, was Michael White the aggressor? What's Sean the aggressor? We, we have to know. Like I said, at the end of the day, right now, we can all, you know, go off our hypotheticals and say what we believe and what we think, just like we're doing now. I'm, I'm saying what I think happened. Yeah. You know, people are saying what they think happened. But until we see the footage, just like go back to the Ray Rice situation. You know, all the first video, we seen him dragging her, you know, out the elevator. Everybody said, oh, he dragged her out. What happened? What happened? Yeah, for people NFL who may not know who Ray Rice is, he's a former Baltimore Ravens, correct? Former Baltimore Ravens running back who uh, had a domestic violence incident with his wife back in 2016. The first video came out. It showed them dragging her out of the oh, 2014. I'm sorry, dragging her out of the elevator. The NFL only suspended them for two games. Mm. The next video came out where you see him literally punching right. her in the face, knocking her out. I mean, and then the video, once you see that, now it's like, oh, my God, he never played another game in the NFL after that. Mm. That just shows what the video is. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we need to like we need to see what's going on. So talk. Let's let's talk about the power of video and get into this this concept of the two systems of justice. You have been the loudest uh, voice since this uh, incident occurred to talk about uh, why uh, a, an arrest was so immediate uh, and a charging so immediate for Mr. White, while uh, Mr. Ryan Pownow, uh, a former Philadelphia police officer, a white gentleman uh, in his mid thirties who shot and killed David Jones uh, on June 8th of 2017. Uh, he, he shot Mr. Jones in his back and killed him as he fled. Uh, he has been out since that incident occurred. He's never seen the inside of a prison. There's currently a criminal investigation by the same DA, DA, DA's office who's investigating Mr. Mr. White. You feel as though there are two systems of justice as a result of this. And not just oh, as absolutely. a result of this, because as a result of many other cases that have, that have showed this. Oh, yeah. Throughout throughout the history of time, I mean, we, we, we all know how it goes. I mean, at the end of the day. So here we are again. Uh, just like you said, you broke. Shout out to Tech Book Online. Chris Phillips, the drummer Norris, broke the news today. Uh, the DA office does have a video of this Rittenhouse Square incident. Mm-hmm. Now, the ironic thing about it is that uh, there's been a video for 404 days circulating mm-hmm. of how now shooting David Jones in the back, murdering David Jones in cold blood on video. Uh, that video has been out there, so I don't understand you know, why Ryan Powell now hasn't been charged with murder like Mr. White while they investigate while the video is. I am the owner of the video. Uh, I posted the video. I see Ryan Powell now shooting David Jones and killing him. Uh, why doesn't the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office see that like they saw the video of the Rittenhouse incident and charged Mr. Michael White for murder? That's the only question I'm asking. And, and here's the answer to that question, and you're not going to like the answer, but I did some digging yesterday, and uh, I, it won't surprise anyone that there are two systems of justice. Now, you can have your well-meaning uh, a politician or, uh, or uh, uh, well, yeah, your well-meaning politician tell you 
that they were all treated equally under the law and that cops are humans too and, and that you know there's one system of justice the reality of it is by any stretch of the imagination there is not in fact there is something written in the police contract uh and the work rule changes the same kind of excuse me the work rule law the same work rule law that uh, informs and guides the arbitration process that does give police officers certain benefits and privileges. Uh, and, and one of them is to be investigated. Uh, uh, a murder uh, not necessarily have to be in prison while that's happening. Now I'm, I'm still trying to learn the, the exact uh, uh, words in this language and what the protocol is and the actual where it's enumerated in state law. But it, in fact, is something in the police contract that allows this type of uh, investigations for officers to occur. I mean, there's even some things that we learned in 2016 when the Department of Justice came into Philadelphia to do an analysis of the Philadelphia Police Department that we learned that when they're, in off when they're investigating an officer-involved shooting, you know, there doesn't have to even – the police officers may not have to give a statement to three, four, five months after the incident. Yeah, I understand that, but but let's 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 go back and let's see what the DA office said today. They said they're investigating the murder, right? For Michael White was involved with, correct? Right. Because of the video, they say he was charged. Correct? No, I, I get your point. Uh, you're you're right. All I'm saying is is that there is two systems of justice, and unfortunately, we have to confront that and figure out how to change that. And I'm saying, in order to change that, we have to dive into these contracts and these work rules. That's where yeah, it is. But what I'm saying is I'm, I'm not just saying it for a cop. I'm not saying anybody should be in prison while they're being investigated for murder. Nobody, I'm, whether you're a cop or not, that's what I'm saying. So as far as the language in the cop contract, I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is that they have a man that was charged for murder. What they're saying is that we've seen the video. We charged him already, but we're still investigating. What I'm saying is that the DA office has been on record saying they're investigating the murder of David Jones. They have the video. Mm. If you're investigating the murder of David Jones, Ryan Powell hasn't been charged with murder. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So we talking language here. Like, no, I, think that, what I, mean? I think that, you know, from what I've, from the people I've talked to, you know, and, and, and maybe this hasn't been reported, but, you know, Larry Krasner is, was starting this investigation from scratch because it was either botched or not done at all by his predecessor in the DA, Kelly Hodge, and then by Attorney General Josh Shapiro when it was kicked up to him. Uh, in the summer of, of last year for an apparent conflict of interest. And so in reality, it's almost as if nothing has been investigated on this case until January of this year. I mean, that's something you and I can agree on, right? Well, yeah, exactly. About February of this year. I think that there is a, a really strong desire. Actually, I know that there's a really strong desire in the DA's office to get this right. And I, I think they're trying to balance timeliness uh, because they know that people are impatient that this is taking too long, that it's a year, over a year now and counting. We're getting ready to go into the fall in, in, in a month and a half. Uh, and that people deserve, not just want to know answers, people deserve answers on this. And they deserve some closure. Uh, and I think that, that you know, with, with, you know, finally interviewing the witness and getting a witness in there who had never been interviewed by the DA's office, uh, there are some steps that are being taken. Uh, and I, I think that the DA's office wants to get it right. But I agree with you 100% on your point that if it's if, if we're talking about the power of video, what actually ha what else actually has to be investigated? So I, I get what you're saying, 100%. What do you possibly have to investigate when you have a clear video? And what more did you have to investigate when you had a clear video of Michael White? You were able to say within hours 
oh, we looked at the video, there's probable cause for a murder charge. Even if we can't necessarily prove murder based on the video, the video gives us probable cause to ask for a murder charge. Why can't the same be done for Ryan Pownow, regardless of whether he's inside or outside the prison? That's your point, right? Exactly. And like I said before, when we say murder, that, that shows, like we talked about off record, that shows that they felt as though they had enough evidence to charge him with murder, not manslaughter. Not you know, not you know, murder. Well, no, like, why I was not? Say, not they don't necessarily have enough evidence to charge you with murder. They have probable cause to seek a murder charge. I think that the charges are going to be downgraded to manslaughter. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Probable cause, not evidence, because yeah, they could charge him with murder, didn't get downgraded. Right. That's what I meant to say. They had enough probable cause. And once again, you broke the news today. Of the probable cause came from what the video. video. Mm -hmm. So we have a video, once again, that's been circulating for 404 days of Ryan Powell now shooting a man in the back like he did in 2010, shooting Carnell Williams Carney in his back. So it took 24, 48 hours to, you know, charge murder to Mr. Uh, Mr. White. Mm. So so long with Mr. Powell, that's what I'm saying. That's where yeah. people are, you know, heads like, well, wait a minute. And I think that's actually a very fair question. Like, if 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 we have two videos, like, you know, let's take away some of the, the frails and let's talk about, like, similarities in a juxtaposition. We have we have two cases. They both involve video. Both videos show, uh, apparently show uh, a murder. The public has only seen one of the videos, that being the killing of David Jones, which shows Mr. Jones was not a, not only not a threat to Mr. Um, uh, Pownow, but had made no furtive movements, and this is according to the police commissioner, Richard Ross, had made no furtive movements to indicate he was going to turn around and do anything. And, of course, Mr. Jones was unarmed, even though he did have possession of a gun at the beginning of the encounter. Um, but so we're, I mean, we're saying, okay, so we have the same DA's office. They're both looking at video. They look at the, the video of Mr. White and, and within an hour to say, okay, we have probable cause for murder but we're going to downgrade it. We're probably going to likely have to downgrade it and give this kid bail eventually. Um, I think, though, with the, with the case with, with Ryan Pownow, they don't want to just say we got probable cause to indicate murder. They want to be able to say without, uh, without a reasonable, beyond a reasonable doubt, we can prove that this guy intended to kill him based on what we've seen in the video, based on witness testimony, based on his history. And I think that's the difference in the time lapse. And surely not making an excuse because I'm as frustrated as you are. But I'm just thinking from their end, I have to imagine that's the difference in timing, whereas they are trying to say they can win, right? They are trying to prove evidence, whereas with Mr. White, they were just trying to get probable cause. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, that we can, you know, we can argue that. We can agree with that. I mean, it all makes sense, Flood. You know, but at the end of the day, what we're saying is we agreed to that. And, you know, my thing was, I said, everything should take six months. Mm. I said that, you know, from when he got the case back in February. Yeah. I, some people might say six months, it shouldn't even take that long. I said, I understand that. Mm -hmm. But from, in my eyes, what I'm saying is it should be a six month investigation. Yeah. Looking at that video. Well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, but we, we are not, neither one of us are, are experts in this. So we don't know how long uh, something like this is going to have to take. Um, so, but I, I'm with you 100%. I, I wish that this would hurry up. I, I, we need closure. Uh, you know, Ryan Pownow somehow snuck and got a job in the Philadelphia Parking Authority and was found out and he had to resign from that job. Um, but, but back to, to Mr. White, I think that, that he is, um, that, that he gets bail because what we know yeah. about him is that he's not a flight risk. And that's a really important message 
that we have to put out in the community and that the community has to echo. This 20-year-old kid with no criminal background, no violent past, who almost almost certainly uh, uh, acted, I won't say, I'm not going to say necessarily self-defense because he hasn't said it yet, but I'm going to say almost absolutely acted due to uh, uh, extenuating circumstances, uh, should not be sitting in prison, especially knowing how long it takes for a murder charge. And you put me hip to this. Now, he may he may be in there for two years before he gets to just a trial. Absolutely. Murder. Everybody knows when you get charged with murder in Philadelphia, first of all, you're not granted bail, so you have no bail. The process of, like, just like you said, just like Ryan Powell now, just like you said, the evidence, they're taking long. So imagine Ryan Powell now. He would be sitting in jail just as long since last year when David Jones was murdered. Ryan Powell now was the average person. Oh, yeah. He would have been locked up. Right. He would have been in jail since last June, still fighting his murder charges. Absolutely. This is, this is what's possibly going to happen to Mr. White. And this is what the community cannot allow to happen. So for all the clergymen, all the activists, all the community leaders, we got to bond together. We cannot let this happen in Philadelphia. We cannot let this go down like that. You see the picture they're trying to paint. They're trying to paint a picture of a white real estate developer who was a community leader and all this blah, blah, blah. Listen, we have to, we got to weigh both sides. Mm. We watched the video. Was Michael White wrong? Then we, Michael White had to pay for what he so did. So are you calling Michael- on the DA's office to release the video? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Why not? Today, release the video. Let the people know what's going on. The people can't just be going around saying, you know, Michael White was defending himself. Michael White defended. Some people are saying he's defending himself. Some people say he's this cold-blooded killer. Mm. So we got to know what's going on. Like, just like Ryan Powell now. Either come out and say Ryan Powell now was justified in the shooting or say Ryan Powell now was not justified in the shooting. September 7th, 2017, Commissioner Richard Ross Fire Ryan Powell now. Go back and watch the video. Richard Ross laid it out. He said that he did not have to shoot David Jones. He did not. He was not under any, uh, you distress. know, um, any distress. David Jones wasn't a threat. He had a father and two children in the back of his SUV. That wasn't even his district. He wasn't even supposed to be in the district harassing Mr. Jones. This story is huge, people. You got to listen, man. This, this is killing me. Flood, you know, this is killing me right I know, now, man. I know. And this is, and this is a very big story. And I think that it will soon go national. Yeah, you got a man sitting in jail because of a video. You, uh, you broke it today. I can't say it enough. You broke the st- I can't believe that the DA office would be so arrogant to say because of the video. Mm. We charged this young man with murder. Mm-hmm. You have a video. 404 days today. David Jones was murdered 404 days ago, ladies and gentlemen. And this cop who killed him, who also shot another black man, Carnell Williams Carney, who was now a paraplegic seven years, eight years ago mm. in 2010. Why is this man still walking around free when Michael White sits in prison flood? The city needs to be in an uproar. The city needs to hit the streets. When Michael, when, when Pence and Trump comes, everybody comes to the streets. The streets are outraged. This is our uh, uh, city. These are our children that are dying. I'm going to get into that later. But Michael White does not need to be in prison. If you want to put him on an ankle monitor, put him on an ankle monitor to go, just like you said, like he's not a flight risk. Yeah. What do we do? Come on, Larry. And we're talking about the issue of justice, but also I don't want it to be perceived that we're not sympathizing and, and, and feeling sorry for the family. And so I also want to make sure we say our condolences um, to Sean Skellinger's family, who I have to imagine and who we saw at the vigil on Sunday, are definitely heartbroken by this. And anytime anybody loses a loved one in this city, no matter the circumstances, there should be some some sympathy and empathy for them. So we definitely are not, you know, uh, uh, not considering uh, their feelings and all this and not aware that someone has lost their life. It was a tragedy. 
Um, but our conversation is about 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 justice for both, right? Because if if Mr. White didn't act in self defense, then the video will show that, and he should face the appropriate consequences. Um, but if the video does show he acted in in, in self defense, then he should face the appropriate consequences. But we need to know that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And just like you said, I, I do want to give my condolences to the family. I mean, we're not, you know, sitting here trying to say, well, you know, he deserved to die or, you know, he's a bad man or anything like that. We just saying, you know, it was an unfortunate incident that night. You know, we wish it wouldn't happen on both sides. Of course they do. You know, two lives were affected. Two families are affected, mm -hmm. man. You have someone who won't see their son again and you have someone who possibly won't see their son mm -hmm. again. So we, we understand that. You know, this is real, man. So condolences to the you know, Schellinger family and, you know, to the White family, man. We're here for y'all. And, you know, like you said, I'm all about justice. you all about justice, man. We're going to see what the city going to do. Man. Yeah. And, um, you know, with, with, with Mr. White, even – I mean, the reality is Mr. White, if, even if he acted in self-defense and let's say it's charged – it's dropped to, you know, voluntary manslaughter or, or you know, murder one or whatever, uh, he is going to see the inside of a prison for a sentence. Now the sentence. Now there's a difference between serving, you know, uh, eight to eight to twelve years with a possibility of parole after three, or twenty five to life with no possibility of parole. Yeah, it's deep. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm just break this down for everybody real quick because you got to understand it's a difference between manslaughter, like you said, first degree, second degree. Now he could end up possibly walking away from this. He could end up sitting in jail for two three years, beating this at trial. He could possibly end up coming home or house arrest until trial. He could possibly end up being in jail for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. So you gotta understand this is his real. Life this is has young changed man. no matter what. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the day that he encountered, the day he encountered them, the day he went on that delivery, his life changed. So whoever made that delivery right there, you changed Michael oh, White's life. <laughs> like, I'm not blaming them, but I'm just saying, like, it's life that happens. Like, we didn't know this was going to yeah. happen. I was they talking to my boy Art earlier today, and it was just uh, earlier last night, excuse me and was saying how interesting and fluid life is. I mean, you at the drop of a dime, you just never know. Your life can change completely over any type of interaction. Your life could be going one way, and at the blink of an eye, everything changes, right? This is a 20-year-old kid delivering food on a warm Thursday night, riding bike through Center City, and he's just thinking, man, I can't wait to drop this food off and go home and you know do whatever, play my PS3 or write a poem or, you know, whatever, light a joint, whatever I want to do. He didn't think that when, by the time he got to the end of the block, that he would have stabbed someone. Mm. You know what I mean? That's, That's deep. deep. People really got to understand what you just said, man, because it, just like David Jones, he was going to go sell a dirt bike. Selling a dirt bike. Yeah. Was ready to go to his crack. kid's graduation. Yeah, he just went to, yeah, he went to Taki graduation like that Monday then you know, he go Thursday, another Thursday again. The both incidents happen on a Thursday. How ironic, mm -hmm. man! David Jones going to go sell a dirt bike. Mm -hmm. Got pulled over by a cop who had no business pulling him over, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I mean the, the case about David Jones is so deep and unfortunate, man. That when you really start to dig into it and read about it, it's just kind of like, wait, what? Because my whole thing is, even if you can't lock up Ryan Panow for murder yet. Lock the motherfucker up for child endangerment because he had witnesses in the car and he was supposed to be dropping off a special victims unit and he made them witness this murder and put them in harm's way. I mean, that was part of why he got fired. And again, I always talk about the two systems of justice, right? If you are a regular citizen and you are a parent and you put your child in endangerment like that, uh, you, you, you put him in a car and take him over to an abusive ex's house who you know, you know is kind of crazy. That, that's considered child endangerment or neglect. 
right? Or you leave your child in the car and run into a supermarket or something. I mean, it's so easy to charge a citizen and put them in jail for a crime that if a cop committed would, would be teased out and nuanced and explained and, 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 and exploited and everything. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what we say before, man. It's two sides of justices for us and them yeah. at the end of the day. And when, when people always say, well, they, them, you know, I always say, well, who's they? Who's them? I'm a specific with it. We're talking about a police officer and we're talking about a regular human being. Right. And we say that different. And we have when to start that- calling bullshit when our leaders say, it's no, let's not make it about us versus them. It's like y'all made it about us versus them because of the laws you've approved. Exactly. Exactly. And they sit back and keep approving the laws and keep approving the laws. So election time is coming up. You see a lot of people on social media, they're outraged. If you're going to keep going for the same bullshit, like like Flood said for me, so-called leaders, then that's what you're going to get, bullshit. But in the meantime, we have a black man who's sitting in jail, 20 years old, who should be home with his family, still going to get ready to go to work today, make more deliveries, and live in his life. We have a white man who's unfortunately lost his life because of an unfortunate incident. So everything plays into this, man. We have two families that are affected, man. So we got to... We, we, we got to understand that this is realer than just, you know, uh, listen to what the media is saying and going off what the media is saying. You got to do your research. You got to do your homework. We need to see the video. DA office, Larry Krasner, we need to see the video. Yeah, and speaking it's of like the DA's video. office, they are asking the public for help. They are currently investigating this incident. They are looking for witnesses. Uh, again, there's a restaurant, uh, Spice Finch, who's what, one of the uh, windows on the left-hand side looks directly at the corner where this occurred. Uh, there is potential, it is possible that there were patrons in the restaurant at this time. The the cell phone video, um, uh, uh, you know, they're looking for the, the, the person who created the cell phone video, uh, and it was believed to be other witnesses. Because, again, 17th and Chancellor, even though that's a little alleyway, it's still a very busy corridor. There's the gay bar stir that's only feet from uh, the corner, there's uh, uh, the the back of an apartment buildings and condos. And then there are garages, parking garages that people are pulling out of. Uh, and so this is not like an abandoned alleyway. Uh, it's just a dark alleyway. So people are definitely out there. So if you guys, if there's someone listening and you had a friend who told you about this stabbing and that they were there and that they saw what happened, but they don't want to come forward, convince them that it is important for the city that they come forward and say what they've seen. And they don't have to worry about whose side they're on or rather than on Sean Skellinger Scott or Michael White's side, just be on the side of the truth and say what you saw and help aid this investigation on. And that's what I'm most interested in is the truth and justice, no matter where that leads. Right, and that's the thing. A lot of people get too afraid of hurting feelings. We're not talking about feelings and emotions here. We're talking about lives here. So, you know, it doesn't matter about who you're going to piss off about stepping up and saying what you saw and what happened. We, we need the truth. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing. We can't worry about feelings and emotions and friendships here. We're talking about lives. This is a, a man who lost his life. We have another man who could possibly lose his. So let, we got to do something. If you know who had the video, if you were out there, you've seen what happened, step up to the plate, contact me, contact Flood. We can pitch in contact with the people. Your name don't have to be in anything. You just want to get to the bottom of this and find out what happened that night. Absolutely. Akiwal, give your contact information out on how people can uh, get in contact with you and hear your works on other platforms. First of all, I just want to say something to everybody. Um, I need y'all to uh, do me one favor. Go to change.org. I have a petition. It's called Help Ike Raw Get His List of Unjustly Incarcerated Inmates to the White House. I will be in Washington on September 8th. They're having a, a rally. Uh, it's called the Mother of All Rallies. I don't know if I'm going to be speaking. They were trying to sign me up to speak. I don't know. But I'm going to be presenting my list. I have some inmates who are been in prison for too long. They need to be home. So please help me out. Go to change.org. Sign a petition. Let your people know. 
Uh, we're trying to do the right thing and get some people home who've been in prison too long. So uh, other than that, y'all can check me out. Um, follow me, Instagram, social media, Twitter. Uh, it's at IkeRaw1977 on Twitter. Instagram at North Philly, Ike Raw, Facebook and all that, Ike Raw. Uh, follow my podcast, which is uh, Raw Talk with Ike Raw on the Anchor app and all that. Also, my YouTube channel is Ike Raw TV. Check that out as well. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. So appreciate you for uh, letting me come through. Flood the drum. Absolutely. And thank you, Ike Raw, for putting me deep to the story. He pulled me out of uh, my my cave where I was binge watching Netflix and 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 told me about this story and, and told me about the visual that was happening on Sunday and uh, – uh, we were down there, and I was able to see and hear some of the real, real animosity and racial tension around this story and how people are, are thinking about it and how divisive this story is becoming. Uh, and so uh, definitely want to continue to um, uh, look into the story and definitely appreciate uh, uh, you, Ike. Uh, and so for the public, you know, I want you guys to check out the story today that we've been referencing. It's entitled Search Underway for Person Who Recorded Rittenhouse Stabbing. Uh, you can read that simply by going to Facebook.com forward slash the real tbo inc that's inc or if you're an apple iphone user you can simply add TechBook online to your apple news reader and you can read that story among others you can follow me across social media at flood the drummer uh and of course subscribe to the drumming for justice podcast on anchor itunes google pa- uh, google podcasts uh, Spotify and wherever else podcasts are available. It feels good to be back on the mic with you, Ike Raw. Uh, we're gonna, uh, you know, dust the dust the blow the dust off of these anchor uh, anchor mics and get back to podcasting. Uh, but but yeah, so again, like Ike said, I just want to reiterate: if you don't feel comfortable going to the DA's office um, about what you saw, you could definitely come to to us. We will accompany you to the DA's office or to the police offices. Uh, that's certainly something we're willing to do because we want to advance this story. We want to advance the, the, the closure that's necessary for both families. Uh, uh, if there's nothing else, uh, for Ike Raw, I'm Flooded Drummer. Until next time, I'm Drumming for Justice. 